name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless us today. The beautiful gospel text of Jairus' daughter, the woman with a flow of blood for 12 years. We see in both these texts the power of God and the extent of his mercy. And it's demonstrated through Christ in his life that these things are there so that we would understand that that's what emanates from him. Grace and mercy, that's continual. That's constant. That doesn't, um, it comes to us even if we don't see the manifestation of the grace or the mercy. Here we see the manifestation of the grace, we see the manifestation of the mercy. We see the healing of the daughter, we see the healing, uh, the raising of the daughter and the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. His grace and mercy has power. But what we must understand is that that grace and mercy, whatever form it comes in to us, we may not see the manifestation of that grace and mercy outwardly, but it is happening to us inwardly. That's what I want to emphasis today emphasize today because it's not every day where we touch the hem of the lord's garment and are healed it's not every day where we see somebody raised from the dead but every day the mercy of god and the grace of god is bestowed upon us in great measure it has the same power and the same grace the same mercy that comes to us in unseen ways so let me, let me share a few ideas with you. Um, first, as much as I don't realize this every day, the Lord lays out a red carpet of mercy and grace to you every day. When that alarm goes off in the morning, he rolls out a red carpet full of grace and mercy. All you got to do is choose the right path. Make the right choices that day, and that grace and mercy will flow like it did unto Jairus' daughter, like it did unto the woman with the issue of blood. You may not, it may not be manifest, but it is going to flow. So how does that begin? So when that red carpet's laid out, when that alarm goes off, go ahead and push this news button and go back to sleep. Oh, another 10 minutes. Oh, another 10 minutes. And then jump up and rush through the day. Oops, missed an opportunity. When the alarm goes off, get up and pray. Read the Psalms, read your Bible. What do you do in the morning? There's grace there, that same grace that comes to Jairus' daughter, that same grace that heals a woman on the issue of blood is there for you every morning. It's sitting there for you, waiting for you to partake of it. Its manifestation may be unseen, but it's still there. So that's first. Okay, say I walk out of the house and maybe my wife and I have a little argument that night before. And we're doing okay, but I need to, this, this rarely happens, by the way. Rare that this happens. And so I have an opportunity just to kind of walk out of the house. Go to, go to the office, come over here to do my prayers, 
Or maybe I go and say, you know, I'm sorry about last night. Forgive me. I love you. Guess what just happened? Grace and mercy just flowed. I had an opportunity to take that grace and mercy, and I take that grace and mercy. Take that opportunity to say goodbye to your loved ones when you leave the house. Say you love them. Say that to your children constantly. As soon as you do those merciful, great things, the mercy of God comes upon you. That same mercy, that same grace that heals and that, and that gives life to us. So very important for us to understand this. Okay, so it's time to go to work. And you really don't get along with your boss or the people at work, so you're just going to go through the day. Just going to kind of walk through the day and get it done, you know, take a couple of extra breaks, maybe extend my lunch hour another 15 or 20 minutes. You know, maybe I won't go to back to work exactly on time. I'll try to leave a little early today. Or you can work as unto the Lord. Who is your boss? I want you to say this. Who is your boss? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who is your boss? Say it. The Lord Jesus Christ is my boss. That's who I work for. That's who I work for at home. That's who I work for at at, at my workplace. That's who I work for here. I can just go through the motions here. Or is it unto God? Unto his glory? Guess what you get when you do that? Grace and mercy. You can just power through the day. Don't power through the day. Do it as unto Christ. And there's opportunities during the day to take a quiet moment, maybe. To, uh, to just calm yourself down. To, to just pause a bit in the midst of a, of a difficult day. You know what happens when you pause and turn to God? Guess what you get? Grace and mercy. What, what, is that the same grace that Jairus' daughter got? Yes. The same grace and mercy that healed a woman with the issue of blood? And you want to pass that by? See? We get in such a hurry. Stop. Receive the grace. A couple other things during the day. Be thankful. Be thankful. Thank God for the good days. Thank God for the things that come to you. Find a thankful heart. There is so much grace and mercy in thankfulness. It is a powerful, powerful virtue. A powerful, powerful spiritual activity. Be thankful for things. Even the little things. Be thankful for the struggles. They bring us near to God. Learn, Learn and practice to have a thankful heart. Guess what comes to you? Grace and mercy. Through thanksgiving, a simple thing. And we go through the day and people offend us and things are difficult for us. What should we learn to do when people offend us? Forgive. Guess what comes when you forgive? Grace and mercy. Wow. Richard, you're a great class, by the way. Grace and mercy. So your day is set for you. It's a a wealth of opportunities to receive grace and mercy. Life is not always that simple for us. 
So I want to read something from St. John and see where grace and mercy can come for these things. Because many times life is a struggle. There are conflicts in life. There are difficulties in life. St. John of Cronstadt says this, Do not fear the conflict. Do not flee it. Where there is no struggle, there is no virtue. I would say where there's no struggle, there's no grace and mercy. Where faith and love are not tested, it's not possible to be sure that they are really present. They are proved and revealed in adversity. So when difficulties come, you know, I, I want to share something with you, and I want you to remember this, 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 this phrase. When adversity comes, difficulties come, when struggle comes, I want you to lean into them. What do you do? Lean into them. Don't fly back. Lean into it. With the grace of God, with the mercy of God, with the help of God, step into it. Guess what's there? Grace and mercy. It's right there. We can flee it. We can run away from the tests. But if the test is there and we step into it, and with the presence of God, we receive that was very poor. Grace and mercy. That's better. So don't flee conflict. Don't flee difficulties. Learn to lean into them with Christ at your side and you will receive that grace and mercy. So another place where we receive this grace and mercy is in confession. And I will ask the question again and again, and I'm available as where the other priests are available, for confession, how many of you do not confess enough? <laughs> so come to confession. I don't know how we're, we're going to work a way out to, to solve that problem, but we do need to do that more. So what do we get at confession? What happens at confession? You know, the priest says at the end, uh, as, he, as God forgave David to Nathan the prophet when he confessed his sins, Peter weeping bitterly for his denial, the sinful woman in tears at his feet, the publican and the prodigal son. May that same God forgive you all things through me a sinner, both in this present life and that which is to come, and set you uncondemned before his dread judgment seat. And then he says this, having no care, no other care for the sin that you've confessed, depart in peace. Does that sound like a good deal to you? You come and confess your sins, and God says they will not be remembered at the judgment seat, and they are now washed away, and I want you to depart in peace. That's a good deal. That's, that's immense grace and mercy. Take advantage of this, beloved. Don't, don't, don't say, oh, I don't have time. The priest is too busy. Oh, I don't like to confess my sins. It's a little embarrassing. Step into this. Look at the grace you get. Look at what you receive. So, lastly, Holy Communion. So I went through... I love the uh, prayers before communion in the morning. 
And I would pray, I really encourage you to pray them every morning before you come to communion. They're in the Little Red Prayer Book. Um, they're so important because they give us a complete and a wonderful understanding of what we come to do. And it's the greatest mercy and grace we can receive. Nothing is greater than this. There's a great prayer of St. John of Damascus that starts this way. I stand before the doors of our holy temple, yet I do not refrain from my terrible thoughts. But do thou, O Christ, who didst justify the publican and had mercy on the Canaanite woman, and open gates to the paradise to the thief. Open to me also the compassion I love toward mankind, and receive me as I approach and touch thee. Like the harlot and the woman with the issue of blood. For the one might embrace in thy immaculate feet, receive the forgiveness of her sins. And the other, but by touching the hem of thy garment, receive healing. Then it says, I, most sinful, dare to partake of the whole body. May I not be consumed. They just touched the feet of Christ and her sins were forgiven. Touched just the hem of the garment and she received healing. What do we partake of? The whole body. The whole body. So I went through these prayers and let me just list the things that you receive in communion. Take away the heavy burden of my sins. They cleanse me from every stain of flesh and spirit. We have communion with the Holy Spirit, a provision for eternal life, a good defense of the fearful judgment seat of Christ, healing, purification, enlightenment, protection, salvation, and sanctification of soul and body, expulsion of every evil imagination and wicked deed and work of the devil. They move me to boldness toward thee and not to judgment nor to condemnation. Help me to amend and keep firm my life. Increase in virtue and help me keep his commandments. Present me against, preserve me against every demonic activity. The trampling down, it tramples, help me tramples down and averts careless and evil habits. Mortification of passions, obedience of thy commandments, growth in the divine grace, Inheritance of thy kingdom. doesn't stop there. Enlightenment enlightened by, uh, enlightens my darkened reasoning. Blots out and com This is a great line. Blot out and the complete obliteration of my evil thoughts, imagining the intents of night fantasies and evil spirits of darkness. That communion has the grace and mercy to not only blot out, but completely obliterate. That means do away with. Free us from evil thoughts, imaginings, and tents of night fantasies. It's a pledge of life in the kingdom of come. We become partakers of light and communicates of Christ's divinity. Is that a good deal? You like that? That's grace and mercy for us, beloved. So you see these stories, these great accounts of Jairus' daughter and the woman with the issue of blood are just outward manifestations of what we have available to us constantly. The grace and mercy of God. May it flow into our hearts. May it change our lives. May it 
help us move in the ways of virtue. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.